10 years, 15 years ago uh, to find yourself a three-woman band? And really, frankly, there are very few that are successful today. Why do you think that is? Well, I think that maybe the rock area has been a little culturally behind. You know, I think there's been some kind of lagging stereotypes of women within rock and roll, you know, and uh, I think we need more women to be writing rock songs to kind of have a different perspective. Good morning. My name is Sandy, aka Sosia, and this is Vibratite, a feminist podcast that's usually in Yiddish. Uh, my hardcore Yiddishist friends might be asking, "Ober Sosia, for was hast du gemacht an episode of English, die Treffne Sprach? Why do you make an episode in English, the Treff language?" Well, tired of friend, there are three pretty simple answers. Uh, one. I wanted to make something for my original fans, you know, like my friends and my family, to listen to so they know what I'm up to. They request, I deliver. Uh, two, Vibratite has developed a wonderful following of English speakers who don't listen to the show but support us through buying merch and spreading the word. So I wanted to make them something to enjoy as a thank you and perhaps also to get them excited about maybe one day learning Yiddish so they can listen to the rest of the show. And uh, finally, three, Sibylla, uh, I went to a house show in my neighborhood about a month and a half ago to see this klezmer band I hadn't heard of. And when they started to play, I was so moved. I was just sitting there on the floor, tearing up and trying to look normal. Their music is strikingly beautiful, intense and engaging. And yeah, I also fell into that trap, the, this very familiar trap for me of, whoa, Sibylla is a klezmer band without men. Kind of like the first time I ever heard La Tigra or Sleater Kinney when I was in middle school. There remains for me this instantaneous gravitational pull to bands that reflect a vision of feminism on stage. Suddenly, I found myself nerdily thanking them after the show for blowing my mind and asking them to come on Vibratite to spread the music around. So they don't speak Yiddish yet. They're working on it. Uh, and so our conversation had to be in English. So today you're going to hear the tunes and some of my conversation with the band members of Tzibola. Tzibola means onion, for those who don't know. Uh, we talked about where their love for klezmer came from, their repertoire, and why one might still get struck by seeing a band without men. If you speak Yiddish, you can find the transliterated lyrics on our blog, www.vibertaich.com blog, to read along or sing along, if you're like me. Uh, and if you'd like to support the band, you can do so on their website, sibelamusic.com. That's T-S-I-B-E-L-E music.com. There you can donate and or pre-order their new album, which is coming out in the fall. Great. So let's hear my conversation and the music of Sibola. Let's keep in mind here also that this is not done in a recording studio, but in my apartment. So you might hear like birds chirping, planes overhead. And yeah, the whole band was recorded on one Blue Yeti microphone. It did a pretty good job, I have to say. Uh, but if you like this, you're definitely going to want to go see them live or get that properly mixed album in the fall. Okay, enjoy. Es ruischen in shop as I will die Maschine, as oft mal vergessen in ruisch as ich bin. Ich will in dem schrecklichen Tumor verladen. Mein ich werd und bot und ich will a Maschine. Mein ich werd und bot und ich will a Maschine. Mit Augen, Gefühlen, Gedanken, 
Vitere blutige Alme der Schlacht, das Edigste, Schönste und Beste, das Reichste, das Tiefste, das Reichste, was Leben verbraucht, das Tiefste, das Reichste, was Leben Montreal, Quebec, and I play the trumpet. Hi, uh, my name is Eleanor. I'm from France, and I play recorders, wooden flute, and the hurdy gurdy. The what? The hurdy gurdy. <laughs> What's the hurdy gurdy? Uh, it's like a, a wheel violin, a wheel, uh, a fiddle with a wheel. Cool. A crank, crank. My name is Zoe. I'm from Denver, Colorado, and I play violin. And I'm Hannah, I play the accordion. I also grew up in Denver, but I was born in Albuquerque. Where'd you guys meet each other? Well, um, so before we became Sibylla, a number of us had played in different groups, in different combinations with each other. And um, like Hannah and Eleanor had played in this um, big marching band together. And actually, Zoe and <laughs> Hannah grew up together, which they can maybe talk about a little more. Um, and, um, Hannah and I, we had played in another project before and then, um, played klezmer music as part of our, like, courtship, our, like, dating courtship. And that was, like, <laughs> that's worth mentioning as part of the story of how the band came to be. Um, and then there no was one bands a, like that. Yeah. <laughs> There's a long precedent in history. Yeah. It would, I don't think it is, it wouldn't be the first or last time that that happened. Um, yeah. and then there, a couple of years ago, three years ago, yeah, the, years. three years ago, the, um, for the J. French Meyer Awards, um, we were, Hanup was in charge of putting a band together and that was sort of like a proto Sibylla. Oh. So. Yeah, and then that band played a Hanukkah party at my house, and then Zoe came to me and she said, 
my soul needs to play more pleasant. <laughs> wow, I don't even remember that, but I'm sure I, I did. It was, <laughs> she was like, I need it. I need to play it. And I was like, great. And, and I think that energy, like um, that energy and then, I don't know, the other... What what makes a band form? So then we then we like uh, then we booked a bunch of shows, did a mini tour in Montreal, uh, named named ourselves um, in Zoe's parents' kitchen. Um, we had other name that maybe. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, oh yeah, after many after many much discussion of what you should name uh, an uh, like a klezmer band with no men in it, which like. Uh, like people have like really like many very bad ideas, which like were amazing to entertain. And some good ideas. Oh yeah. Yeah, the best one. I loved I liked Punam Riot as a name for another band. Yeah. Um if someone listening to this is inspired to name the band Punam Riot. Yeah, you know like the Klezmer Madalas is still open. Um, about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane Vita still oh, open. Okay. Shane Vita Lavona. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot so of stuff cool. that's still there's, open. Most there of these ideas and too. some other good ones came from Zoe's grandfather, who was actually the greatest source of band names <laughs> for us. The best of which was um, Up Klez and Pussinal. <laughs> Like told me he hopes I find like a sexy, sexy man or something. Oh, <laughs> like, oh. It's a lot. Yeah, my grandfather would say that. Probably. Yeah, <laughs> just a lot. So how did you get to Sibylla? Oh yeah. Yeah, we're in it's three different and, countries. And sorry, Sibylla for those who don't speak Yiddish means onion. Right. I actually can't remember. I think that after getting a bunch of these kinds Crazy of band names, we um. There's so many Klezmer band names that are puns and that are really goofy, and um, we didn't really want to go in that direction, though we really appreciated some of the suggestions. <laughs> um, but we also didn't want to have a band name that was precious because we didn't want to have a Klezmer band that was going to be kind of like um, like an, a Klezmer band with no men in it that was like, oh, we're like this beautiful band that is poetic and like whatever biblical references that we just like didn't want to go in that direction either. That's also fine. It's fine. That's fine. People want to do that, but that was not not our our, identity. It was not our aesthetic for the band. I don't think they're like, a million perspective Klezmer bands listening being like, oh no, I can't have precious names. I feel so insulted. (laughs) But you never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. But yeah, so we started um, just thinking of uh, f- did we, were we thinking of food related words? Yeah, we then we just yeah. we, then we, we just went. We were like, oh, f- let's do food related words. We, we love that. Oh, we read a bunch of Michael Wex. We like you know started thinking a lot about fat, and uh, you know we moved out of that direction. But then we then I don't know onions like um, this amazing <laughs> poet Naomi Shihab Nye, and she wrote this amazing poem about about onions and their use in a meal like this totally ubiquitous thing which also kind of disappears and doesn't get a lot of credit um which is has a kind of feminist or pers- that has that that analysis of the onion has a kind of feminist perspective so what is it about klezmer that attracted all of you mm. 
I guess everyone has a different answer. Um, well, I, I think since Hannah mentioned me coming up to her and being like, I need to play this. <laughs> um, I think I grew up listening to like the Klezmatics a lot. And so I think the sound was always sort of in my head, but I wasn't playing it for a long time. And then Hannah and I were, we were really just playing like a few tunes, but then I, I started listening to the, I think they're like Naftali Brandwine tunes basically. Um, I'm like transcribing them. And then I don't know what happened. I feel like I just fell down the klezmer rabbit hole. And I was like, I can't get out, but I don't want to get out. And I just kept listening to more stuff <laughs> and wanting to play more tunes. And um, it, yeah, it kind of snowballed into the thing. It just, it just really appeals to me, especially like the old school sort of klezmer violin sound that... Um, I wasn't really that familiar with, but then through various um, people got to become more aware of and started working on that. Yeah, uh, for me, it's uh, growing up, I think, uh, in a totally, like being the only Jew in town, uh, like growing up in southern France and like, um, like also with Klesmer, listening to some Klesmer, but just few little recordings because we had a music bus a bus that would come once a month for music and so I had like only very few little Yiddish books uh, uh, Yiddish books, sorry, like Yiddish uh, songs and What is the music <laughs> I've never heard of the music I've never heard of the music That's how I got to hear my first uh, Yiddish song. That's songs. the cutest, yeah. what is the music And there was a Biblio bus, Biblio bus and music bus and <laughs> <laughs> you had to order so yeah and it was very exciting to wow. come uh, when it come in town uh, so I grew up in a village with 15 people and went to school the music bus will come to where the school was a little farther and I, I think I got tired of like because I'm awkward with words and um, explaining what was Jewish being Jewish and um, being a teenager like over and over like trying to um, explain I was like oh what if I just play the music and then I will and also I really loved it and I yeah with my childhood friend will go do a hundred miles to get to hear some Klezmer um, wow. uh, so yeah um, some bands and and also reconnecting with uh, my yeah my family in, in that way and um, yeah and uh, yeah I think it's, a, it's just like a good way for me to explain but with just through the music to people and share a different value and also different than explaining the difference between not connecting uh, like not being connected to Israel even if I'm Jewish that's a very important <laughs> and like uh, yeah but being connected through the language and yeah and my grandma was very grateful of that and I think she was the only one understanding what I was cool. doing but just a big love a, a huge it was the clarinet actually the the Klezmer clarinet was my biggest love and first one
Tell me a little bit about your repertoire. How do you pick songs? Um, and also a little bit about um, your relationships to Yiddish and that, how that guides your song choice. Uh, we draw our repertoire from many different sources. Um, like I would say some of it is um, bit like vi- more violinistic or fluty that people that the that Zoe or, or Eleanor bring. Um, 
Um, some of it is some of it is original compositions that we write. Um, some of it um, some of it comes from like the big ethnographic collections like Berigovsky. Um But I would say that like actually we're all I, there's a desire in the band to learn more Yiddish, but our Yiddish isn't so good that we're ta- we're just taking from the Yiddish sources without translation. So that's that's where we're at right now, and we're pretty reliant on the amazing community of archivists, translators, and ethnographers that are operating around us, which is just totally incredible. I think, um, I mean, my connection to Yiddish over the past couple of years has been like, oh, I'm accompanying a lot of different Yiddish singers and like being exposed to a lot of different Yiddish songs I think especially with Sibylla in terms of songs that I'm like oh my god this is an amazing song and this text is really powerful and really speaks to me um and I think that has led me to want to learn Yiddish just to be able to be a better accompanist accompanist for the songs um so I think that would be my first goal which I'm hopefully working on this summer. I think this is my last question. Um, so when you told me a little bit about the metaphor um, for Tzivula, the, the feminist metaphor, I was thinking a lot about, um, so I think it was Carrie Brownstein when Sleater Kinney hit sort of a pinnacle with, uh, I guess it was the woods. She was really sick of hearing that they were the, one of the best or the best female rock band mm-hmm. of the right now. <laughs> and she was like, why can't we just be one of the best rock bands right now? Um, but at the same time, it seems like it still is sort of a chiddish, a surprise, a, a shock to people that there would be a klezmer group that's all, um, you know, female or whatever. Is that an element of what you're doing here or... Is it something you embrace or is it something you, I don't know, find problematic? Yeah, um, I think that the gender thing is not, it's definitely not insignificant. And though we do, um, our group does play with men um, and it's not like a hard, we're not like a women's separatist band. And I don't think there's a strong like woman identity for the members of the band, but the band is definitely a venue for all of us to um, exercise music, our musical creativity in choosing repertoire, in writing original, composing original tunes, um, writing original arrangements of Yiddish songs that we um, that we you know that we learn about through this amazing community of Yiddishists and cultural workers that we're lucky enough to be a part of. Um, But I think it's worth saying that misogyny in the music world is a real thing. And that for that reason, you know, I don't think it's, it's not a matter of, you know, throwing shade at anybody, but it is a structural problem that, you know, all of us have lots of ideas as musicians in this band. Um, And I'm, I'm sure this is the same for many women musicians that, I've often found myself in situations where I am, I'm a musician in somebody else's band and um, there is micro misogyny happening in a way that uh, limits the kind of creative voice that I can have in the group. So 
you know, I'm not bringing arrangements or original compositions, even though that is something that I've worked on for a long time. I've been recording music and writing music for a long time. Um, so, uh, I do think that this band, I guess the sort of gender politics of this band are, uh, in part to sort of put the creative ideas of women, female bodied, not cis men musicians at the forefront of our project so there's that to say about the fact that we're all not men yeah and i think yeah and i think like i think people are so used to it that especially many non-musicians don't realize how male the music world is in general and the klezmer music world is not an exception and that that like you like you can you can it like you have to go out of your way to go to often to go to a show that has women in it at all and then ask yourself like when you're at that show are the women who are part of the show the ones who booked the gig are they the ones who made the arrangements are they the ones who negotiated the contracts are they the ones who um like decided on the repertoire so like once you once you take those conditions too and you're looking for shows that have that have women who are doing that who are doing that work the number winnows way 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 down so we're just like on a playing field that is very to me is very strange <laughs> it's very strange yeah and it's, and it's where people don't expect it because they think probably oh kind of the rock music world the indie music world the klezmer music world they're probably places full of very liberal people and this wouldn't be where you expect it. I feel like there's a lot of misogyny and gender inequity in academia, which is a place that people would not expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, just to the Carrie Brown's the the um the initial question that you asked is kind of hard to answer because I don't think that any of us are like uh like um girl power about our band. I think I'm a little girl power about it. Well, I I'm a little power puff. I, I feel like when I saw you guys, I feel like like when I when I saw you play live, y'all were like feminism or something. Oh, yeah. That could it, I feel that way. I feel yeah. like, I feel like yeah, feminism about it. I'm like really into the fact that this is a band that uh, centers the ideas and the musicianship of people who are not men. But some of us in the band are like not gender conforming and mm-hmm. I don't think that it's like I think that's another reason we didn't want to have a kind of precious band name where we were like, Oh, this is like we're a sacred woman, Jewish woman band. Like that was not really the <laughs> ethos. Maybe it like is for some <laughs> other people, but at least for me that like doesn't really seem to be how we're going about things. Yeah. So yeah. I am like kind of enjoying this phase of our band where I'm not really thinking about who we are relative to men or relative to male musicians and we're kind of just doing our thing and recording this album and um, finding venues for our creative work and um, I'm pretty excited about it which is why I find it kind of it's like kind of hard to answer the question it's like a tricky gender question I would just say um like the question of like oh do we introduce ourselves like we're a women's klezmer band like i see the argument for not but i'm also just like i'm so pumped about this band being women playing klezmer music that like i always tell people i'm like yeah this is like a you know four or five women klezmer band just because i'm so excited about like not seeing all men on the stage and like us being up there making arrangements composing stuff 
booking stuff, negotiating stuff. I think part of it is just seeing so many all-male klezmer bands. And it's not just klezmer, it's many, many genres. But, um, you know, I mean, just, just even, like, looking on social media, like, looking on Instagram and being like, oh, there's another event that has, like, all men on stage. Like, there's another event that has all men on stage. So I feel like being part of this band is, like, just a little thorn in that side of being like, hey, guys, no, like, we're doing our thing and we're we're putting our artistic, um, you know, kind of creation center stage.
so, so I think just to conclude, um, how can people support Sibylla and hear your music? Oh my goodness, we're 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 gonna release an EP. We're gonna release an EP. Uh, you can go to www.sibyllamusic.com. And I will also post that on the website and in the iTunes descriptions. So you can just tap on your phone and hopefully it will pop up. Um, great. So thank you so much for coming and for sitting with me in my and doing a personal concert for me in my living room. It was really thank thank you so much for having thank us. You so much for and having I hope us. that maybe Thanks. one day you guys can play a concert for a Vibratech party. Yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. this is a re-release party. Oh, we would yeah. love that. That sounds great. Wunderlich. It was so awesome to get to chat with you and to get a private concert in my home. You can find their music and pre-order their album again at SibylaMusic.com. That's T-S-I-B-E-L-E music.com. And you can find their lyrics on Vibertych's website, Vibertych.com slash blog. If you're getting married and want them to play your wedding, just remember to invite your favorite Yiddish podcast host. I'm also really, really good at dancing the horror. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak my first language so easy. Wie in zwei Wochen